How to Make Weed Cookies by Matt Ruby. That's me. So everyone's doing edibles now, but no one has any idea what the hell they're doing. I keep hearing stuff like this all the time. I didn't mean to eat 50 milligrams, but I did, and then I couldn't move for six hours. Hey, we've all been there. But I have a solution for you, and that is make your own edibles. That's right, you can bake them. When you bake your own eddies, you'll know exactly how much to eat and what you're ingesting instead of having to guess each time you decide to go green. I've been doing it for years and highly recommend it. And by the way, a hat tip to my old pal Kevin for the recipe. I'd give you his last name, but he does important stuff, so I won't. Also, one more note. This is going to make your kitchen stink of weed, so don't go there if you need to host some undercover cops at your place. I don't know who you're inviting over. Just just know it's going to stink. All right, here's what you do. You buy the weed. I usually get a half ounce, but you know, your mileage can vary. You take that weed, you can leave the seeds and stems in and grind it up. You can use, you know, one of these weed grinders, but I find a coffee grinder works great. So if you have one of those, go for it. Again, just make sure to clean it out well afterwards. Now, what you're trying to do is maximize surface area as you cook the weed in butter. That way it all gets exposed to the butter and the THC gets extracted and goes from the weed into the butter. And then you can cook anything with the butter. So what you're going to do is you're going to use one stick of butter per quarter ounce of weed, and then you're going to go and melt the butter in a skillet and just throw the weed in there once the butter is kind of foaming and going, and you saute the weed in there and you keep the lid on, stirring occasionally. Now, after about 15 to 30 minutes, I usually go around 20, 25, and you know, I want to make sure the weed turns brown. So the butter should turn brown and the THC will have been extracted into the butter. And the, the weed will seem kind of cooked up and crispy. You can just tell. It's got nothing left to give, that kind of thing. Now, you can then filter out the cooked weed from the butter by using a strainer with very small holes in it or a coffee filter. And then you want to put the butter in the fridge and let it harden back to, you know, regular butter consistency. At that point, you've got weed butter that you can use to bake anything. I like this cookie recipe that makes peanut butter cookies. I'm just going to run through the ingredients quickly. In the show notes, there'll be a link. You can get all this info. One cup unsalted butter, one cup crunchy peanut butter. You could do smooth too. One cup white sugar, one cup packed brown sugar, two eggs, two and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one teaspoon of baking powder, half teaspoon of salt, and one and a half teaspoons of baking soda. And don't ask me what baking powder or baking soda actually do. I just know they're supposed to be in there. All right. So now here's what you're going to do. Cream together the butter, the peanut butter, and the sugars, and beat in the eggs. Do all that in one bowl. Now get a separate bowl. Sift together the flour, the baking powder, the baking soda, and the salt. All your white powdery stuff. And stir that into the batter slowly and mix it all up so it's all in there together. And then put the batter in the refrigerator for at least an hour. After that, it'll kind of harden up. And you're going to want to roll that batter into one-inch balls and put it on a baking sheet. And flatten each ball with a fork, making that little crisscross pattern in the top of the cookies. You don't actually have to do that, but it looks kind of nice. And for some reason, peanut butter cookies are associated with that pattern. And, you know, let's, let's keep it going. I, I like tradition. You know, and then you're going to bake them in a preheated 375-degree oven for about 10 minutes or until the cookies begin to brown. Make sure not to overbake them because you don't want your cookies burnt. You could always put them back in if they're underdone, but 10 minutes will be good. And then for your first time consuming them, here's a good tip. Start off with just a little bit and then ramp up as needed after 45 minutes or so. And also, this is good advice with any drugs that you've never done before. Do just a little bit at first, then wait 
half hour, an hour, see how you're feeling. Are you overwhelmed? Congratulations. You made it. You're there. Are you underwhelmed? Well, now you can take some more and you know, just, you know, ramp up slowly. Because one rookie mistake is people who are like, I don't feel anything. And they've only waited like 15 minutes and then they double down. And then that leads to like, oh no, I cannot move from this spot for the next seven hours. So don't be one of those people. All right. Uh, another tip, if you make a bunch of cookies, which I like to do, you can keep the extras in the freezer and just pull them out as we did. See what I did there? You know what I meant. And then you can always just take one, wrap it up in aluminum foil, and now you've got a roadie edible you can chow down on whenever, wherever. One of the most fun things I've found to do in life is to eat one, then go out, have a conversation with someone where you start off sober and you're just slowly getting more and more stoned as you're talking to them without them ever realizing what's happening. They just think they're getting more and more interesting. And you're just like, yeah, that's a great story. Now I can totally pay attention. So give that a try. And by the way, this is actually the same recipe I used for the magic cookies that I eat in the first part of Substance, which is my new comedy special slash documentary slash experiment where I perform four sets, one high, one drunk, one on shrooms, and one sober. It gets pretty wild, and it's funny, and it's interesting, and I think you're going to dig it. Now let's bring producer Jeremiah McVeigh into the chat to discuss weed cookies, man. Here's the thing. I'm going to take people behind the curtain just for a second. I, I decided to do this as you were uh, performing this essay or <laughs> recipe, whatever you want to say. You know, we, we format this into a script and that's what Matt reads from. He also usually kind of embellishes here and there. He doesn't stick straight to it. Um, he makes it sound natural in the moment. Uh, it was very entertaining on this one, just hearing you like throw some things in there uh, that were not on the page, and people can guess what those were and if they want or care. I, I just I was entertained by that. Yeah, this is one where, where I, I knew it deep in my bones. This content. So once you know the rules, that's when you can break them. Yeah, when when you're off book, you can really go off book. You know. Um, so one quick question before we get to what I really wanted to talk about, was there a specific thing that prompted you to share this recipe and the advice along with it about how to how to partake in this delicacy? Well, I mean, I've been doing this for years now, and some people are very curious and want the recipe shared and ask me for it. And so I find that's a good sign that you're producing, quote unquote, valuable content. If people are like, yo, what is that? Email me. I need to know. And so that's been a sign for a while. I think maybe... In the public sphere, like years ago, it wasn't something you really wanted to be out there publicly or there might be some blowback. Not that I ever cared all that much, but it's just like, eh, do you need that coming up in Google search results? But at this point in our society, it feels like everyone's smoking or eating weed. And like I walk down the street in New York City and every corner is a weed shop and I smell weed from across the street and it feels like it's... Uh, burst into the mainstream in a way that it doesn't need to be uh, under the table anymore, so to speak. And then also the new special came out where I am eating these cookies and, you know, sort of representing uh, being stoned and, you know, on, on some level advocating for it, or at least, you know, being public about it. So figured uh, all that made it a good time to uh, 
to unveil the magic cookie recipe. Right. Well, that kind of takes us to what I wanted to talk about, your special. But um, just connected to that question and to the special, um, you mentioned that in New York, you now smell this all around. You smell weed all around. Did you feel newly empowered, even though you may have been talking about it in your act or, you know, in other ways, too? But did you feel newly empowered to be more permanently on the record talking about things like this, like in the form of videos and your special, this podcast like something that you know is going to live on and not necessarily just be taken down or be something more ephemeral. Yeah, I think there is some like it just feels like everyone's doing it now. I mean, on, on one level, it's like I feel like maybe I've lost a little bit of something that felt special about me. Like I've, I've been doing <laughs> edibles for de decades and everyone's like, whoa, weird. And now like everyone's mom is just uh, popping a couple gummies before taking a flight. So it's uh, it's lost some of its rebellious streak. Okay, so what I kind of wanted to talk about here is your special. I've been around music for my entire life. I know you have been in the past as well. And I know that in that world, there's this like ridiculous thing where you have all this buildup to the release date of something. And then it seems like, does it exist anymore? Because nobody wants to actually write about it or wants to like focus on it. It's like all about the release date, especially I think in recent years. Um, I don't know if that's the same for comedy specials and things of that sort and things in the comedy world generally, but I thought it could be a good opportunity now to talk about your special that you put out two months ago that, you know, you put a lot of work into. It was, it was very like kind of in its way, high concept uh, kind of special, like where you had this experiment that you were running throughout it. And I'm curious about the response you've gotten and, what is the life of it from from here on? Sure. I mean, I do think, you know, the release date uh, matters still from a, you know, sort of publicity and buzz angle. I think it can also impact the algorithm. Who knows? I mean, the algorithm is our new Greek god that we're not sure how, how it works, but we're all hoping it bestows a thunderbolt, a thunderbolt upon us at some point. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you've got a lot of attention and buzz out of the gate, that can help... Uh, help juice it a little bit. I also think it helps, you know, uh, nowadays having peers or other people who have a following mention it right. is very helpful. And I think it helps to rally people around a specific date, you know, and like, okay, this is a launch and makes us feel like, uh, there's, there's a flag in the ground or whatever phrase you want to use that we can all rally around. Mm -hmm. Um, that said, it does feel like there's like an avalanche of content out there. It's easy for stuff to get lost. It's also, I think some stuff like sits around for a few months and then all of a sudden like the right person posts about it and then it can take off kind of thing. Right. Um, so you, you never really know. Um, it's coming up on maybe like six weeks or something like that since the special came out. It definitely had like uh, a big pop at first out of the gate. It slowed down a little bit, but still, you know, doing fairly well. Um, I think I'm most heartened by the feedback that I have gotten via comments or people, you know, telling me, uh, you know, that, you know, just really positive feedback that it's, it's funny and interesting and also gets a little, you know, philosophical and probably deeper than your average standup special. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly appreciate all that. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm still kind of confused as to how to move the needle in some big way of like, you know, I, I know people who get, you know, millions of views on comedy specials and, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm in the 
the tens you know, of thousands hoping to get hundreds of thousands right. levels. So it's, it's sort of like, okay, what's the secret ingredient there? Is it, are they exponentially funnier? Do they have just a huge you know, subscriber base already built in? So they, when, when they release something, it helps out. Are they able to go on, you know, a, a Joe Rogan podcast or something like that? And that can, you know, obviously open the floodgates. And so I don't always know the, the magic formula to, you know, racking up big likes and subscriber numbers, but I try to just focus on like, I'm really proud of what we made. I think it's really uh, interesting and funny and like, uh, the editor and director did an incredible job. And I think uh, Anthony Verderame edited it, Matthew Salakus directed it. And uh, I think we were all, you know, feel like we made something good. And so that's like the most important thing um, that there is, is to feel like, you know, all right, I, I made a quality product that represents me well. And yeah, definitely, you know, felt like I, I've put something out in the world that if you don't like this, then you don't <laughs> like me. And that's kind of fine. In, in a way that I don't mean that it sounds sort of bitchy, but I don't mean it in a negative way. It's like, I feel like I made something that's like only I could make and that it's funny and interesting and has a purity to it. Mm -hmm. And like, if it's not up your alley, that's cool. It's probably like the rest of what I'm doing probably isn't up your alley. And if it is up your alley and you really like it, then you'll probably really like some of the other stuff. Um, and the other thing that I'll throw in that, you know, maybe to other comedians or creators or any or filmmakers, whoever, I, we did a screening of it in a room with, you know, 75 people there. And that was so valuable oh, as nice. opposed to having it ju just exist within a digital realm as a film and only having it watched independently, especially because one of the themes that comes out within the special is this idea of people gathering in a room together and experiencing uh, a moment as mm -hmm. a shared collective and the power of that. So it was great to have that um, for actually screening the movie and just feeling, you know, you feel the energy in a room and finding out stuff that, you know, some of the documentary stuff along the way got big laughs that I didn't necessarily know was funny, you know, and so, or, you know, it's always, and we even wound up re-editing a little bit of, uh, of the special after screening it live too, just based on like, oh, this feels slightly like it's dragging here, or this part was really good. Maybe we move it earlier or something like that. Um, and so I think, you know, I just want to also advocate for that being mm -hmm. in the room in the moment, even if you're talking about a film, I know you're a big film buff, like being in a room full of people watching a movie together and, and getting that sense of what, of what it's like and what you made. And also having those people have that experience I found to be really valuable in a way that uh, I think is worth, uh, advocating for. Yeah, totally. And, uh, it's a, it's a very good special. I really enjoyed watching it and just, um, yeah, I, I think that like my thing of, of wanting to talk about this is that I think I think more work deserves longer tales. You know, like there, like I yeah. said, I think that so many things, um, it's all about that date of release and trying to get the buzz going before that, and then it's you're all on your own, sink or swim. Um, and I think that that's ridiculous. And just for our listeners to know, not that I think you care one way or the other, Matt. Uh, but you did not prompt me to ask you about your special. I thought it deserved to be brought up. Like I, I was genuinely interested in it and I asked you about it. Um, well, so yeah. thank, thank you for asking. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I think we get sucked into this like celebrity culture and the big machine. And I think that is who benefits the most from this big release date, right. sort of pop and attention. And I think the more you're doing something 
underground or more niche or the less you're coming out of the gate in a famous way, the more that long tail sort of mentality is going to work for you that like it might take longer. It might it might just simmer for a while and then all of a sudden get noticed by, you know, sometimes it can just be the one right person who sees it and gets it and can help elevate it. And like that might not happen right away. So, totally. yeah, I think you're onto something with like we don't all have to be like it's this one moment to shine bright and this it's now or never and that's it. I think, you know, especially if you're doing something something uh, off the beaten path or a little under the radar, it can take longer. And now for some quickies. The way to be confident and happy is to power pose. But we hunch over our phones and laptops all day. And then we wonder why we're sad, anxious, and depressed. I mean, it's no wonder. We're not power posing. We're victim posing. The worst thing about Zoom is how people have to oversell their laughs. It's like the crowd in a crappy 90s sitcom, but with a slight delay. Also, don't get me started on that whole waving bye-bye thing. We get it. We're all waving bye-bye. Remember when every band was named Wolf or Deer or something? That was a fun couple of years. It reminded me of how every Chicago suburb is named Lake Forest Glen Park something. You can subscribe to or follow this show just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have a moment, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or anywhere else that allows you to do that. And when I say that, I mean like, leave it a good review. I feel like that's obvious, but if, you, if you're just going to leave it a bad review, you, you don't have to. Anyway, it helps others find the show, which I really appreciate. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at mattruby at hey.com. That's mattruby at hey.com. And if you like this podcast, you should subscribe to the Rubes Letter, where what you just heard first appeared. You can find that at mattrubycomedy.com slash subscribe. And while you're at mattrubycomedy.com, you can also find links to my Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, where I post clips of my stand-up and other stuff, too. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media. 